This is Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. And this is Father Joseph Anthony Kress. Welcome to God's Planning. Thanks to all of those who support us. If you enjoy the show, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to God's Planning wherever you listen to your podcasts. Father Joseph Anthony. What's happened? Here we are. <laughs> Let's crack a lack of... Not much. No. I don't say that, though. So <laughs> I do. Not... That's that's like one of my go-tos is uh, what's crack a lack and yeah. It's a good good opening salvo. I don't think it means much, but for me yeah. it works. It makes me think of cracklins. Oh. That yeah, I the... don't like. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you? No, I don't think I've ever had them. I don't think I have either. <laughs> I, I will say I did, a, um, I did a wedding down in Louisiana. And at the wedding reception, they had it was uh, they had roasted a pig, and I guess there's a special way to roast a pig in Louisiana. They like actually have open fire with like reflective uh, pit around it, and the hog just kind of rotates. It's it's awesome. But uh, I went down there, and the local parish priest was like, "Oh, father, come here. You, have you had the the pig rinds of the skins yet? It's 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 crackling. It's good." And like it had me over there, like take it right off the hog and stuff. Louisiana weddings are something to behold. It was a party, but it was it was good stuff. You're not opposed, uh-huh. um, in say, uh, but I don't know if that's for me. <laughs> is what I would what I would conclude. Yeah. I'd try it. I I think I've tried. Whatever cracklings don't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's, that's matters. not the topic of today's episode. Yeah. We're not talking about uh, spirituality of cracklins. Or Louisiana weddings, however excellent they may be. They are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But not for us today. Today, rather, we're talking about a wholly different topic. Um, <laughs> today, we're talking about angels, demons, and you. That's right. Angels, demons, and you. Uh, yeah, the idea here, what, is that we, I mean, these are real things angels mm-hmm. are real demons mm-hmm. are real you're real and these are real mm-hmm. things that we contend with in the spiritual life or exist with maybe i don't know if you would say we contend with angels in the spiritual life because yeah. contention usually has a negative kind of thing but yeah. they're things that are they're beings that are involved in our spiritual life in in different ways and sometimes we can have a sort of like misunderstanding of the roles of of the spiritual yeah. world in our mm-hmm. prayer life so we wanted to yeah, look at that. What 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 are angels, demons? How what how do they mm-hmm, exist, mm-hmm. interact together? How do they exist, interact with us? That sort of thing, right? So I guess set us up a little bit. Yeah, there's. I think there's a deep understanding of this reality, um, and it, it it kind of approaches us at an early age. I think all of us have had that experience of maybe watching a cartoon or seeing some kind of uh, comic strip or, or something where there's that idea that you have an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other and they're both like whispering things into you and so there's the, it maybe is presenting that there is this reality that there are spiritual realities that are in tension with each other and where that battleground or where that kind of point of contact takes place is the individual human person. And maybe the cartoons or things like that uh, approach it or present it in a a little bit of a humorous way. But from what I think everybody has that kind of concept that there there's good and evil and in constant tension with each other. This is something that uh, humanity, I think, has struggled with for for a long time. But in 
in our engagement with it as as Christians and through Revelation, we have actually a really deep sense of the reality of the fact that there are spiritual realities at play that actually come into contact with this physical world, mainly in the human person. And right. that's nothing to be terrified of, and that's nothing to to really kind of um, shudder about. But we can then engage with that and break it down and prepare ourselves for that in, in real ways. So I think the first thing that we want to talk about is the reality that the invisible world, i.e. the spiritual world, is no less real just right. because it is not tangible. Right. There are real and powerful spiritual realities out there, both for good and evil, that right. we engage with. So I think that's the first thing we want to talk about is that the the spiritual realities truly exist. Yeah, and I think it's important to understand like who they are and what they are, right? So even mm -hmm. just from like a, a sort of theological creation point mm -hmm. of view, that angels and demons are um, creatures. Mm -hmm. They're they're made by God. They're not like they're not gods or like right. lesser gods but they're they're creatures they're made by god and in the same way that uh we human beings have an intellect and a will so mm -hmm. to the angels mm -hmm. they know differently and they kind of will differently as it were but um they're created and they're, yeah. they're creatures and because of that created created reality because they're not um, you know, they don't they don't exist on their own as God does. Often we think of angels and, and mm -hmm. like the devil as like, or at least the devil and God is kind of equal, like good yeah, and evil yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. things. We don't want to think of that in term in those terms. Um, we we know, or hopefully we know that that the devil and demons are fallen angels that they mm -hmm. were created mm -hmm. good and they chose um, they chose uh, things contrary to God. Um, you could look at different theologians, different um, church fathers. You know, throughout the centuries, not fathers throughout the centuries, but church fathers and theologians throughout the centuries have sort of given different expression to yeah. how and why the, the, the Lucifer and his, his sort of minions fell. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, fine. But um, yeah, I think the point to hammer home here is that, that these are creatures, yeah. you know, who, who are created by God in the sort of hierarchy of creation. And because of that, it, it, that, that comes to bear on their interaction with one another mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and with us. Yeah, and that's that's a really really important thing to see that they too are creatures. Like I, I like how you said like they're not like lesser gods, and especially with this like tension between good and evil, God being goodness itself, and the fallen angels being kind of the representation of evil. We can then look at the devil, uh, Lucifer, and all of his many names as being like on the same level of God, which is not the case. You know, God always has the authority there. Um, the other thing that, this is not a full episode on like angelology or anything, but I think it is, will be helpful for us to understand like, okay, how do angels differ from, um, from human beings? Well, angels differ is the sense that they are pure intellect. You know, they, they don't have a corporeal reality, which, allows them different aspects, different things. And one of the things is their mode of knowing is very different. Right. And so they know entirely all at once. You know, we, we live in a, a bodily, a corporeal reality. And so we gain knowledge through our senses. 
which means we're constantly adding more knowledge, and which means that gives us an ability to make another new decision. Right. There's a linearity. Yeah. Kind of one thing, one thing, thing, build it, build it. Yeah. Which means we have repeated acts of will because our like kind of, I don't want to say like treasures of knowledge keep increasing the more we experience things, the more that we engage with this uh, created reality because it's linear in that way. So we have to act, then also have linear acts of will, right? To repeated acts of will. Angels don't. And demons. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's and great. For the record. Yeah, yeah record, because what? Yeah. who are the demons? Angels. They're fallen, angels. Yeah. They're just fallen angels. Right. So like, that's so important to understand is that they make one act of will and it's complete where we make kind of repeated, you could say incomplete acts of will. Right. And where you see that kind of play out in kind of a concrete way to kind of, you know, better understand what that means is think that angels and demons, uh, the devil, there's no redemption for the devil, mm. right? He fell. And there's mm. no chance that the, that, that the angels that are in heaven will fall because they right. made that choice of that one act of the intellect and will. At it's the complete. And but fine. for us, we can go back to, we can fall again and again, but we have, the gift of the sacrament of yeah. penance, right? So you can think of it in those terms, in those kind of ways. But I think it's important too with the knowledge thing of this, like angels are their intellect, right? They don't have a body; they're mm -hmm. they're incorporeal, they're spiritual. Um, is that uh, is that they? We have to, and yeah, I'm not. This isn't like you didn't. You're saying the wrong thing, but just a, a further yeah, clarification yeah, yeah. is that even though they they are intellect, mm -hmm. you know, they're not body. They don't have a body. They're not omniscient, right? In the way that yeah. God's God is knowledge. They they are not knowledge. They have knowledge. They mm -hmm. know things. They mm -hmm. are not, you know, they're not the creator of things. So omniscience is just the the quality of God that He's all knowing. Right. Angels and demons aren't all knowing. No. What we're talking about is the way by which they come to know or they know something mm -hmm. as opposed to us. So this this will become important and later on in the episode to keep in mind. We'll come back to it that angels and demons aren't omniscient. They're not all knowing because mm -hmm. this interact this comes into play in their interaction with us. Yes. Do yes. they know our thoughts? Do they know our hearts i mean the spoiler alert the answer is no but we'll talk more about that yeah. later not in the way once again as yeah. god does you know totally so, great but that that can kind of kick us over into what is at the heart of this entire thing and really the the motivation behind the episode is that okay so we have this kind of understanding of the angels both the glorified angels and the fallen angels um and then how do they interact with us right why do they interact with us and in many respects we are the battleground you know human beings created in the image and likeness of god the adopted sons and daughters of the eternal father become the battleground and so we we really do experience the interaction with the angelic on a regular basis and sometimes we don't recognize it sometimes we don't see it you know one of the this goes back once again to as we're children, right? And always taught like, oh, you have your guardian angel, pray to your guardian angel and, and these types of things. In the full um, kind of picture of things, we can look at, and, and there are some of the church fathers that talk about the different hierarchies of angels, the different choirs. We hear about cherubim, seraphim, thrones and powers and dominions and, and all of those, that there are all these kind of levels and hierarchies of angels that have different responsibilities and different um, you know, abilities to uh, intercede and, and protect. That same hierarchy is also in its photo negative form with the 
fallen angels. So they retain those things. So they have a certain kind of influence then. Right. And where the angels that, I, I, I don't know if this technical term, technical term, but the, the non-fallen angels, the glorified angels, I don't know what we want to call them. Um, but as their role is to assist and promote the glory of God for those different aspects, they're according to their hierarchy, it's now uh, the complete opposite for the fallen angels. They are to destroy the glory of God in those areas. Right. So um, what was it? St. Irenaeus said the glory of God is manfully alive. So then, bam, there's the target. Right. That's what the that's what the the opposite attacks exactly yeah. is is the individual human person yeah and that's not um that's not something that like you say that we say as a sort of like scare tactic of like no oh there's someone like they're not boogeymen <laughs> demons aren't boogeymen but they are real yeah and they are real um and they try to bring others into their own misery mm. and really you know what hell is simply the absence of god but most especially the realization of the absence of god yeah. like you know that you don't have god in, in that sort of way and and the devils and their sort of jealousy and rage and anger want to bring others there mm -hmm. you know full fully alive on one end fully dead on the other end and de divorced from God, you know, that, oh, yeah. that sort of thing. The second Vatican council says this about, about, about Christ, right? That Christ fully reveals man to man himself, that it's, mm -hmm. you know, these, these themes, these truths really come up throughout, throughout, um, throughout history of that. Like it's in union with Christ that we are like, that we're, we're, we're fulfilled where yeah. we're, yeah, you know, yeah. and you see this in the early church, you see this in the contemporary church, these ideas. And, in the spiritual world, it's the angels who are assisting, as you've explained, from their different levels in the hierarchy of angels. They're assisting in various mm -hmm. ways to manifest God's glory, to protect us in our pursuit of that glory, um, you know, those sort of things. But like you said, the photo negative is is just the opposite. That yeah. they're, they're, the Lucifer, Satan with his minions and demons and are, are, are trying to do just the opposite, to hide the glory of God and to take us from it. So how do they do that, right? How do they hide the glory or how do they take us from that glory? Well, is to tempt us to sin. Right. Like that's their tactic. That's, yep. they, they have, they're a one trick pony. They can only tempt us to sin. They can't force us to sin. Right, and that's, that's a huge distinction. Yes. That they propose temptations. Mm -hmm. They don't cause, they have no control over our will. They cannot cause us nope. to do things. They can, um, they can, they can dangle the thing out in front of us, yeah. but they cannot force our arm to reach out and, mm -hmm. and take it. Yeah. yeah. And their, uh, you know, their, their powers of motivation, if you will, or, uh, temptation, or they can, they can be very effective at what they do. And they, you know, one of the things that I keep kind of making these allusions to like a battleground or the battle to this, because I, I do firmly believe that it is a battle and good kind of battle tactics is to surround and encompass your target, you know, to besiege them, cut them off from all sources of life, right? Cut them off from food sources, water sources, and make their life so miserable that they surrender. Right. And, and that, I think, can be a common experience with temptations to sin, that it feels like you're besieged by temptations. Everywhere you turn is another temptation, another temptation, because that's just this subtle confirmation that you, you don't have goodness, 
that if you're being if you're experiencing all these temptations then you have to be the one at fault here and just succumb to it quit putting up a fight in that way but that's on kind of how the the the, the taxes uh, tactics but one of the the goals i want to get back to is that the goal of every demon is to simply propose temptation so that the individual will sin right and thus in sinning lessens the glory of god and cuts himself off from union with christ right that's the devil's objective here right and and the sort of the as you're describing this temptation thing um the it's important to to understand that what that means in 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 like in its totality mm-hmm. like the devil satan doesn't have access to your mind and your heart Mm-mm. unless you give him access to yeah. to your mind and your heart but he he it's not as if in tempting he's he's looking in and seeing oh this is this is what you know really father jacob bertrand's super weak here so i'm going to this is you know that sort of thing yeah. i'm yeah. going to tempt him here um how do we know like what can we point to to sort of evidence that um well if you think of the temptations of our lord in the desert classically the church fathers think that mm-hmm. um or pr- explain what's happening here the interaction between satan and christ is that satan is actually trying to buy these very temptations satan is trying to figure out if christ is he's christ god. yeah if he's god because he can't read it he, t- he can't read his soul he can't read his heart he can't read his mind but mm-hmm. he can tempt him in different so he's trying oh, i'll try him in this way let's mm-hmm. see who he, how he respond. oh i'll try him here let's see if he takes that oh i'll try him here let's see if he takes that bait yeah um and ultimately as we well know he doesn't but yeah. this is in the same way how satan kind of he might know where we're weak but it's because he sort of tried us there not because he has access to our mind right. or our heart right. or that sort of thing so yeah. um, we can we can take confidence in and in, in sort of our um ownership of ourselves that sounds kind of new agey and whatever but we can still no, take confidence it, yeah. in that I mean, this is something that uh, John Paul II talked about, right? Every time he wrote about the total gift of self, he says one must be self-possessed before one can make a gift of self. And so it's not new agey to say like, oh, I'm I'm in control of myself or I need to be in control of myself. But no, it's like to be an integrated child of God, an integral, you know, uh, a, a person that has integrity means to be self-possessed. Um, which you're in command of yourself. Um, yeah, so that, I think that's one of the things that we want to say is like, well, what is, what's the goal of demons as they interact with humanity was to destroy the glory of God in each individual person? Mm-hmm. Is It's destruction and cutting them off from union with Christ. So how do they do that? They tempt, sometimes very strongly and sometimes right. very efficiently. Right. <laughs> uh, they tempt to sin. Okay, so that's where the uh, fallen angels sit. Now, the the non-fallen angels, what is their mission? What's their goal? Well, it is to augment the individual's union with God, with Christ, and to allow the glory of God to flourish. And so, how do they operate? Well, they actually inspire to virtue, right? They inspire somebody to do good to maybe lay down their life for love of their friend you know in small ways or or whatever it is or they inspire one to deepen their devotion to make clear kind of clear the avenues or the paths for the holy spirit to create that union with christ with the individual so just as we talk and sometimes it's a little juicier to talk about like the tactics and the the 
motivations of the fallen angels, I don't want to overlook the tactics yeah. and the motivations of the, the good angels too. Right. And and just as too in the same in the same breath, just as the demons fight and like wage war to destroy, so too do the do the angels mm-hmm. fight and wage war so as to as to protect. Yeah. Um, to protect creation, to protect all but also to protect us. Yeah. Individual. You know, you we we can read of this like the in the book of Revelation, the story of the apocalypse and you know, mm-hmm. the the angels are sent out to to wage war mm-hmm. against Satan and yeah. all his evil spirits <laughs> who prowl about the world seeking the, the ruin, ruin of souls, souls right? They're, yeah. they're sent Woo. out with Michael at the head yeah. leading the charge. So um, it's not, sometimes we, sometimes we might think, okay, the demons, uh, we get preoccupied, like they're, they're working so hard mm-hmm. against me, but it's also, don't forget that there are, the army. angels are, yeah, exactly. There's an army ready to, with, yeah, with you, behind you. Yeah. And I, like you were saying, you we have total authority over ourselves, right? So we can't, the the angels don't, you know, have these insider thoughts and manipulate interiorly um, unless we give them permission to do that. Well, at the same time, we can mobilize armies of heavenly angels. Mm-hmm. Like we have total authority to mobilize that at an at a instant. Um, so to, not to, to uh, overlook that possibility or, or um, that option as well. Yeah. So let's we've kind of laid out what angels and demons are and mm-hmm. kind of their their ends and their motivations and these kind of things. Um, let's talk, I guess, more uh, like particularly. Okay. Like in our spiritual life, mm-hmm. how do we deal with? with something that we think might be from Satan, mm-hmm. like a temptation or being led by Satan, should we, like, what's the a good, appropriate reaction of living with these? Like, how do we live well with and pray well and pursue Christ well with this knowledge now that, like, there are angels and demons? I think a lot of people already knew this, but, like, yeah. how do we live well with, with these sort of things? Um in one sense, it's super simple, but at the other sense, it, like I said, it, it can get super complicated at times because there's just all this blurriness in there. And I think the first thing is to know and to make sure that we are familiar with the Gospels and to read the Gospels and realize how many times the Lord um, disperses demons, you know, from individuals' lives or from a place or, or things like that. So, like, the Lord deeply cares about dismissing these evil uh influences in the the fallen angels um so i think when we get into this life where we're we're starting to experience that like maybe besieging and surrounding of temptations or this like just real strong pool of of temptations um or the poking of you know some of our interior wounds or whatever it may be that there is never a moment where we cannot um renew and recommit and re-convert uh, our life to Christ. So sometimes just making very clear articulations, we call them like aspirational prayers, mm-hmm. you know, short phrases that are prayers, Jesus, I trust in you. Like, Father, thank you for these moments. Those things can be very, very helpful because it's calling down the presence of God into that moment. Right. You, you said the line, and I think we've circled back to it a few times, but like the devil can't do anything unless we give him permission to. We give him access. So that also means we can deny him access. And so to make 
actual renunciations of his influence in our life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. to, to be able to renounce his influence. I denounce you and renounce you from this part of my life. Be gone. Right. Um, those things are extremely helpful and, and very, very important as well. Yeah. And I think in all of that, even in sort of, um, yeah, just in the kind of day to day of even just going for our time for prayer, going to mass mm -hmm. and those sort of things is that we don't want to over sensationalize yeah. these yeah, yeah. sort of things. Like we don't want to, we, I, it would be wrong to approach every kind of spiritual moment of sort of question or temptation or these, this, to think that, okay, like. I'm being besieged by Satan and his armies. Like sometimes it's not the case, you know, sometimes, sometimes you're just weak. <laughs> sometimes you're weak. Sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you're yeah. overwhelmed. Um, it, it, as you said, like there, there's a simple, there are simplicities to it, but they're also like we're humans and there's complexities to who we are. So it would be, it would be wrong to think that every time something goes wrong or messes up or there's a distraction or temptation that like, you know, now I have to like go through this sort of like whole ritual of, of, excising satan from yeah. my life it's like well maybe maybe not but we have to be cautious here because we don't always know mm -hmm. like we can't we can't always know where x y and z is coming from mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and because of that sometimes even satan will use that ignorance which is normal on our part as as a way to 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 sort of distract us yeah because the end of, of satan is to turn our eyes from god yeah you know yeah, yeah. and even just sometimes allowing like there's there's a sort of like we can talk about sins of commission right mm -hmm. things that mm -hmm. we actually do so like if i i don't know hit you unjustly like that's a sin of i committed an act you know a sin but there are also sins of omission mm -hmm. like if i should have spoken up in defense of the faith or said you know like yeah, i yeah, didn't yeah. do something and satan also distracts us by he does by committing things commissions mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. tempting but also by omitting by sort of allowing us to sort of fester or be distracted yeah. so the point the, the whole spirit of our spiritual life is to be focused on christ yeah and sometimes if we over sensationalize like this is always about satan this is always like this sort of it's like well we kind of need just to chill and reorient our focus yeah. sometimes you know yeah i mean the the great phrase of satan is the non servium like i will not serve right you know, and so if we turn that gaze aw the away, turn our eyes away from the Lord Himself and to ourselves, then we are following in line with that non servium. Right now, um, that the kind of dynamic that you you spoke of and kind of laid out there of the the back and forth of um, commission and omission and and all of that. That's that's extremely important. And to know that this is where the evil one actually um, gets his grandeur. And I think this is something, too, that we should be a little, um, what is it, maybe a little um, weary of, that we give his influence, the evil one's influence, maybe a little too much um, stage time. And I don't mean this, once again, we opened up this entire episode talking about like how real these realities are, Yeah. but um, we can give him so much kind of like clout and like personality that he becomes so much more majestic and influential and, you know, important. juicy and important. Yeah. And sometimes it's okay just to kind of be a little dismissive. You experience a temptation. Okay. Yeah. I don't want that. Jesus, I commit myself to you. Yeah. And it kind of takes his legs out and stuff like, oh, I need to be in battle mode because it's like, it's just a simple temptation. Look how the Lord interacted with him was very matter of fact, Frank, be gone. This is about the father's will. Like yeah. that, it was simple. 
here's yeah. the truth. Here's the truth. the truth. This is yep. that. And I think sometimes like we can he he thrives on that kind of glitz and glamour and the sexiness of sin and all that. And it's like, no, that's stupid. I choose Jesus. Be gone. And that's that. That's it. Move on. Done yeah. and done. Be done with it. Yeah. Be done with him. Be done with it. All of the above. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've talked about angels, demons, their roles, who they are, what they do, how to handle them a bit. So, any last kind of closing thoughts on on mm. how to how to how to yeah approach and, and yeah. live and handle him, Satan, well? Yeah, I, I think kind of the matter of fact and the straightforward interactions, right? I I do not want to encourage people to dabble in the evil one and his works it is dangerous okay we see this as priest we see this on the on the on the kind of out the outcome it is very dangerous do not dabble with the evil one do not open the door uh do not um test the waters with other spiritualisms and things like that no 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 don't dabble in that it is dangerous um but to know that you are a, a child of God and you can always recommit and, and make that affirmation for your life with union or in union with Jesus. And that being said, get familiar with your prayer, with your guardian angel, make prayers to your guardian angel on a regular basis, build up that relationship. That's my advice. Uh, don't dabble with the evil one in any sense, any other spiritualities and build up a strong relationship with your guardian angel. Cause he's going to help you get uh, closer to Jesus. There you have it done. Great. Love it. Satan done over jesus victory (laughs) all right all thanks for tuning into this episode hopefully you find it found it helpful uh feel free to share it with somebody else have conversations about it those sort of things please follow us on facebook twitter instagram like us subscribe on youtube or your podcast app leave a five-star review that's all super helpful for us if you'd like to contribute and donate to uh, god's planning you can do that through patreon follow the follow the link in the description or the show notes and also in the show notes uh you'll find links to our to our shop where we have god's planning merchandise and um, other information on upcoming god's planning events events, pilgrimages, retreats. So check all of those out. Stay on top of that. Um, As always, thank you for tuning in, for listening, for praying for us. Know of our prayers for you. And until next time, God bless. Mm